friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of the podcast. I hope you've had an awesome couple of weeks and got to enjoy some rest over this holiday weekend. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to not just one guest, but two guests. On the show, I have with me Lisa Kidd and Emma Noble. Lisa is the founder and director of Arts Evangelica, and Emma is one of her students that just recently graduated through her program and is actually currently studying at Bellhaven University. It was such a sweet time getting to know both of them and learning more about Arts Evangelica and the ministry that they do. We talk about things like what it looks like to worship through dance and how our whole lives can be worship. If you're new to listening to the podcast, I'm super grateful that you're here. Whether this is the first time you're listening or if you've been listening through all 56 episodes with me, I super appreciate you and would love it if you would take a few moments just to leave a rating and a review in iTunes to help other people find the show as well. I hope each episode encourages you no matter where you are in your journey in life. Let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Lisa Kidd and Emma Noble. So excited to be here with Lisa Kidd and Emma Noble and super fun to have two of you guys together on the podcast today and be able to have kind of a a group conversation because normally it's just me and one other person. So this is really a And I really appreciate you allowing that because Emma's very special to me. She's one of my graduates. She's heading off to college and this was such a perfect connection since she is heading to Bellhaven, yes. um, which is, my own, you know, yeah. alma mater. <laughs> yes. And so I just, I'm so excited that you let her share this time um, yes. with me before she goes. For so we sure. really want to bless her and send her with this yes. podcast. Definitely. So Emma, when do you officially head to Bellhaven? Um, I leave in four days and we're going to go drop off my sister at her school. I'm a twin. And so also graduated. So we're going to drop her off and then we're going to go from where her school is to Mississippi. Okay. Wow. That's so exciting. Four days. This is right around the corner. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, I'm a huge Bellhaven fan. If you haven't been able to tell, well, at least if you've been listening at all to the podcast, I'm like, I talk about Bellhaven a lot, but I just love it. And um, it was such a great kind of season in my life and building amazing relationships, getting to really lifelong friendships. I'm actually going to be in a friend's wedding that I met at Bellhaven in a few weeks from now. So that'll be really fun. And yeah, just great training. So how did you, did you hear about it through, through the studio? No, I heard about it from a member at our church. He had a niece who went to Bellhaven and the dance department. So um, we stopped by there one day when I was in middle school to see what it was like. And then I decided that I liked it. I wanted to audition. That's amazing. Yeah. So good. I think I first heard about it through Valley Magnificat um, when I was in high school and I totally thought I was going to, you know, thinking towards a different school and then ended up visiting both schools and just fell in love with Bellhaven. I was like, it's just, it's just a really great environment and, you know, campus culture and everything. So super excited for you. That really blesses me to hear, you know, sending Emma off you know, I'm not her mother, but I'm her dance mother. (laughs) And so it's just beautiful for you to say that, that she's heading to such a wonder. I knew that. I mean, I've had students go to Bellhaven. I didn't know she was interested in it until she, you know, surprised us with that. And, and so it's just continuing to be such a great place for us to encourage our students to go. Sure, Definitely. Well, I'm excited to get more into kind of your journey as well, Emma. And, um, And I love that we got connected, Lisa, through Anthony Gurley and his family. Yes, that is one of the Bellhaven graduates that I was mentioning. It's just a beautiful thing. Courtney, she was one of the pioneers because she was with me when I was Lisa Kid Dance, which was very successful secular dance studio. And she stayed with me when I was called into full-time ministry. And her father was one of the beginning fathers to be inspired. You know, you expect the moms to come with their dancers, but you know, you don't always have the dads hang out and, and 
Anthony was one of the first fathers to get inspired Mm -hmm. to go into ministry himself. And God began to show me that, you know, the whole family was going to be influenced Mm -hmm. by Arts Evangelica and not just the dancers and their moms. So they are a radiant kingdom family. And I'm so grateful to him for connecting us for this interview. For sure. And yeah, he... Um, he's been a huge influence in my life too. I don't know that I, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast, but, um, he had a ministry called motivation ministries and working with athletes and artists, um, and doing basically scholarship program and mentorship program. So like scholarship and mentorship combined. And I think I was one of the first recipients of the scholarship, which was so amazing and was really great to get to have a mentor while I was at Bellhaven kind of throughout that time there. And, you know, just a really huge impact on my life through, through his faithfulness, you know, to do, to start that ministry and yeah. yes, for him to launch out. And our dancers were blessed by those scholarships as well. Yeah. And he really motivated many artists to not be afraid to take off into ministry. I mean, Courtney, his daughter was one of the first missionary dancers to glorify God on a dirt floor. She um, glorified God through dance, you know, in Kenya. And I remember she was one of our first to really go into the remote villages. And I knew God was up to something. So their family was really with us and God was um, blossoming the ministry at that time. Mm-hmm. And they were so supportive. So motivation was a perfect name yes. for you know his, <laughs> yeah. his endeavor. Exactly. So Anthony, if you're listening to this, thank you. <laughs> thank we you. We appreciate you. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. So great. And, and your Courtney family too. and Courtney. Yes. I got <laughs> yes, the whole too. family, uh-huh. the whole package. Exactly. So I would love to just kind of get a little bit of an introduction from each of you. So if you want to just share a little bit about, you know, your family, who you are and kind of what you're doing currently, which we sort of already talked about with you, Emma, but yeah. Do you want to start us off Lisa and then we'll go to Emma? Sure. Well, I met my husband Grady uh, in a show that toured Europe and God went to a lot of trouble to bring us together (laughs) and we fell in love and I was headed to Broadway, but gave all of that up because I fell in love and became Mrs. Kid. And I loved the sound of my married name. I wanted all my students to call me Mrs. Kid, Mrs. Kid. <laughs> and thus, Lisa Kid Dance Incorporated was formed. And um, it became just the very first project in my life that I did not know was going to become. Um, because I, you know, I wanted to perform. Mm -hmm. So to give that up to teach, um, I was telling Emma, in fact, I got a performing degree, uh, two of them, in fact, because I wanted to perform, but God had a different plan. And, uh, Grady and I, he's the co-founder of Arts Evangelica. He's been by my side and we were faithful when God called me into full-time ministry. He's been with me. My boys have grown up in the ministry. Mm-hmm. One of my sons fell in love with uh, one of my dancers. Aww. And uh, today we just finished a project with our Camp Diamond. And Camp Diamond trains our dancers to be multifaceted and to let God just you know, make you into the diamond of everything that he has uh, created you to be your destiny, your purpose. And uh, we've been studying Esther. And today we performed a musical piece in that moment from extraordinary faith. And I mentioned that because Liston, my son, he was doing the vocals. Um, Emma was dancing. You know, our dancers were with us and we went out into a a park here near my home today and ministered Mm. to the people and to the parents because with the pandemic, Mm. you know, we've all been disconnected and shut away. Right. And so, you know, they're not in the studio seeing what's going on anymore. So it was a really sweet time for our families today. So that's what we were up to. We just finished our camp. The timing of this podcast is great because we just came out of that this uh, afternoon. Yeah. So you can kind of let down a little bit and <laughs> breathe. Yes. yes. That's so great. I mean, I love the name of that and kind of the concept behind the diamond and kind of the multifaceted because we are all multifaceted. We're not just, I mean, we, a lot of us tend to hold that identity as, you know, we're a dancer, but there's so much more 
to who God's created us to be. And that's a huge part of it. But I yes. love, I love that heart behind that. It was really super special. Emma summer before last went with me to the Philippines and we've been studying Esther in Camp Diamond and we actually had our own Esther and uh, she was on zoom today sharing about what she's doing. She was a a young woman that we met um, on our mission tour and she gave up everything. Jesus just totally transformed her life. And with the pandemic, she was enrolled in the fire school. It's a Bible school. They call it the fire school. Uh And um, all the leaders uh, had to stay in America and couldn't return to the Philippines oh, to continue no. the work. Yeah. And um, Emma was with me for a feeding program in the Philippines. And there are all these squatter families that are living in these tiny little cardboard box houses, tin houses. Wow. And we went there with the fire school group and we fed them fruit soup. Emma got to help me with this and we would give them a bowl of soup and they would all come up these terribly impoverished children. Mm -hmm. And they would take that bowl just so politely and walk away. And we were saying, why aren't they eating that food? Why are they not gobbling it up? And we were told they are taking that back to their whole family. Oh, wow! Just one bowl of food. Well, Giselle Limco, she was the girl who we met on our mission trip and and we she we met her as part of a worship night yeah. with the arts creative worship night and she was there when this squatter village caught fire recently and because all of the leaders were in America she gathered some leaders there in the Philippines they turned the fire school into a shelter mm. and they brought those families in and are now rebuilding, not their little squatter village, but actual little tiny homes. Oh, wow. And she was able to share that today. Just, you never know. Mm-hmm. We, we met this, we go across the earth and we meet a person that God used in this pandemic to, to rescue a people. Mm. So she really was an Esther inspiration. Yes. And Emma, this is your segue to sharing. Um, all of our dance company members have to pick a spiritual name and a scripture. And what is yours, Emma? Ooh, I'm excited to hear. Um, my spiritual name is Diamond and my scripture was Acts 1, 7 through 8. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's so good. So beautiful. We showed the kids on the map today and America's here and all the way across to the ends of the earth is the Philippines. So she fulfilled before she graduated one of her promises at Arts Evangelica. That's beautiful. And that is a great segue also into just kind of a little bit of an introduction of who you are, Emma. Do you want to share a little bit about your background and your family? And then we can dive more into details, I guess, later. But (laughs) I have been a dancer at Arts Evangelica for 11 years, and I just graduated high school and I'm headed off to college. My father is a pastor at a church and um, so my family, my parents have really shown me what a strong faith looks like and lived out, you know, the, yeah. so they've given me a very strong root of just a person of Christ. And I also have a twin sister and she and me are, she's going off to college too. And we're going to live apart from each other for the first time ever. So I'm really sad about that. Yeah, yeah that is, that's, I'm sure a hard transition, but at the same time, I'm sure exciting too, you know, cause you're both going off on new adventures and, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it is hard when you're used to being with someone for your whole life, <laughs> you know, to be a state, a different place. So what state is she going to be in? She's in Arkansas. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So my husband has twin sisters um, and they both went to Bellhaven as well. So that's actually kind of how I didn't really meet him through that, but knew of him, I guess, later on. So, but yeah, it's kind of, it's a special connection. I feel like having a twin. Yeah. So cool. Thanks for sharing. Did you meet your husband at Project Dance? I did. Yes. It was so cool because we got to go to Project Dance and 
as I mentioned, I totally gave up Broadway. And 20 years later, our dancers got to be off Broadway, uh-huh. Times Square for Project Dance. You know, it's God gave it back to me in a really sweet way. Yes. So boy, there's been a lot of fruit from that ministry. Definitely. I know I asked Cheryl at one point, Cheryl Cutliff, I was like, so how many people have met their spouses at Project Dance? <laughs> and there's actually been quite a few, I feel like. So wow. no, at least a few, but um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty special for sure. Yeah. So I would love to kind of go back even a little bit more in time and just hear, maybe we'll start with you, Lisa, kind of your journey in the arts and like, how did you get started in the arts world? Well, I think that my story might be a little different in that I was born what man would say anything but a dancer. Gotcha. Um, my legs were completely crossed, turned in. And as we know, ballet is all about the turnout. Mm-hmm. And my ribs were also completely caved in, mm-hmm. turned in, shoving my heart and lungs over to one side. So I had to, they had to break my legs up to my thighs when I was six weeks old and um, put cast on. And they had to wait till I was three, but they had to completely rearrange my entire rib cage. Wow. And I had to go under undergo a lot of rehabilitation. And my mother put me in dance. Mm. And as it turns out, that is what I'm made to do. And as they fixed my legs, I wore corrective shoes by day and ballet shoes at night. Mm-hmm. And they left my xiphoid process open. So my port was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just because of the challenges, I was always wanting to prove myself. And dance just spurred me on mm-hmm. to overcome and to, I just, you know, I want to inspire people who've had maybe major, you know, physical challenges right. because. I was determined. I mean, I graduated summa cum laude with a BFA, you know, to perform and at the top of my class, because when you have a challenge, it's meant to strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Adversity is a teacher. And I had multiple surgeries. It was major. I had to wear a back, a huge, horrible back brace, mm-hmm. but I loved dance and nothing, you know, nothing else was, was like that love. And the Lord just he just encouraged me and inspired me through dance to um, strengthen my instrument. And that's why I dedicate it to him. Mm, that's so good. How about you, Emma? What first got you into dance? My mom enrolled me at a homeschool co-op at a little dance class. And it wasn't a very good dance class, but I really liked it. So yeah. <laughs> um, we had a friend at church who danced at Arts Evangelica. So my mom put me with them. And then I just loved it and never stopped doing it. And I Decided I wanted to do it for a long time. So that's awesome. That's a great answer. <laughs> Just loved it. Never wanted to stop. Exactly. So so good. It's cool to hear, you know, how God brings each of us into this journey and um, in different ways and things like that. But I'm curious to hear: Have there been any parts of for each of you or either of you of your journey that have been the most like impactful for you or pivotal, like something that just shifted things for you? And I know. Sounds like just the obstacles you faced, Lisa, were a huge part of that. But anything else that comes to mind? Well, I was really praying about it. And as I said, I was a very successful secular dance studio. I mean, Lisa Kid Dance had a, I think we had 300 students. Oh, wow. That is and big. Yeah. Yes. And as I said, I wanted to hear my married name. Um, Mrs. Kid, Mrs. Kid, Mrs. Kid. So I called it Lisa Kid Dance. It wasn't prideful. It was just that I loved being married and I loved, you know, teaching. Yeah. And I um, was at church one night and there was an evangelist in town and he literally, it's that moment where your heart is pounding. You know, they're talking directly to you because uh-huh. he was pacing back and forth. And I remember he said, some of you have got your, you know, businesses in your own name. You're taking credit for it. And you need to take those businesses out of your name and put them into God's name. And I just felt like, oh, you know, heaven is stopping. And it was it was a moment, a pivotal moment in my life when I realized I came home. I said, Grady, God wants me because I had made such a big deal out of my name. And I said, God wants me to take, you know, my business, Lisa Kid Dance, 
and put it into his name. And I was going to call it into his name incorporated, but uh, that name was taken in his name incorporated. Really? Wow. (laughs) That's cool. And so Grady and I fell in love in Italy Uh and all over Italy while we were on tour, we would see these churches, Evangelica. And so Arts Evangelica, we didn't want it to be just dance because we both sing. We're both trained to sing vocal Mm -hmm. performance and we both are actors. I'm an actress, of course. And and, Mm -hmm. and Grady, he doesn't dance. He dances when I force him to, but (laughs) um, we wanted it to be all of the arts, but specializing in classical ballet Mm -hmm. and point for me so that I could give that excellence to my students, but make them a well-rounded triple threat, you know, with the Trinity of God. And yeah. And so we formed Arts Evangelica. I really know what it means to be called because it was so strong when I started to make that decision. I literally went out into the field by my home and I said, what are you trying to tell me? And I heard this gentle voice. I want you to feed my sheep. I did. And I started our little ones. The youngest students are little lambs. And that is why they're called the little lambs. And then they get into the Genesis levels and then the foundation levels. And our hope is to give them that foundation, not only with excellence in dance, but also a foundation to be a strong woman of God that's ready to do great exploits Mm -hmm. and to use dance to change the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. Movement is an advance. We have a a Lord's army. And uh, that's one of the first pieces our young students do. And I train them at a very young age. You're in a Lord's army and your movement is to move the kingdom forward and to get people to look up into the face of God. And so it just took off. That was in my pivotal moment was just letting go of my own name and literally just giving it all and dedicating my life and my life's work. And these amazing girls like Emma, just uh, helping to develop their identity and using dance. Dance just gets them in the studio and he does so much Mm -hmm. to make them the diamonds that they are. And, And she is one of our most beautiful, just the fruit of what God does at Arts Evangelica. So good. We give him all the glory. Yeah. So Emma, so far in your journey, I know you're like just about to turn a page, right? And start into a new chapter, but I'm curious so far in your journey, is there anything that stands out as, you know, a really impactful moment for you? I think when I was applying for the dance company at Arts Evangelica, like the group of high schoolers, we had Mm -hmm. to write a letter saying why we wanted to be in that company. And so it made me reflect on what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought back to the outreaches that we'd done with Arts Evangelica and how I felt called to continue doing ministry that way. So that was a pivotal moment. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes when we're growing up, we're just kind of going, you know, to the next thing or you know, having fun going through the motions. And so it's, yeah, it's pretty powerful when you stop and reflect and really think about what are my passions and where am I headed, you know, and that kind of thing and taking that to God and also just, yeah, right. Getting to write it out. That's amazing. So I can see how it kind of sets the trajectory for you. You know, I love hearing kind of how Arts Evangelica got started. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, Emma, kind of what the day-to-day looks like there. So, you know, what was your schedule like or what kind of classes did you take and that kind of thing? Well, we always had a schedule, but I will say that Lisa is a go with the flow kind of person. So you didn't always follow the schedule. She would stop in the middle to pray for someone or something exciting would come up and we stop everything we were doing to do that. So the schedule was very fluid. Um, We had, we always, I took ballet and point and then I had like contemporary once a week and jazz. Nice. So you get a little, you know, some other styles mixed in, which is super helpful. It's nice, especially, you know, when you're going off into college or into the professional world to have some of that other experience is really helpful, kind of balancing it out. And yeah. What about your perspective, I guess, Lisa, from kind of the director standpoint, you know, what is your day to day look like? Well, Emma, she um, became a, a student teacher and boy, does she stick to the schedule, but she also learned from me and, and stops for the one. I'm so proud of that. 
but we do require a minimum of two ballet classes. And I mean, we're talking an hour and a half ballet classes in addition to the point work uh, because we want to give ballet its due. Yeah. And we've taken ballet and we have transformed it. Um, We teach the classical method to the advanced level, but we've also embellished it and turned some of the port de bras upward and given some meaning to some of the movements in addition to their classical meaning. But I will tell you to credit Emma with the pandemic, everything changed. Yeah, I mean, we lost our studio. We had to go outside. It's just incredible. Humility really does precede honor. And I've just seen some incredible young girls, you know, not giving up, but we had to set up, carry the dance floor. You know, they learned to be a touring company Mm -hmm. of necessity and, and God would bless us. He blessed us with the weather. He blessed us, you know, with a gentle breeze, you know, Mm -hmm. as we would have shade, you know, the birds are chirping, the trees are clapping their hands, like it says in the scriptures, because the wind is blowing Uh and the leaves are hitting themselves. It was just beautiful. But we also had, you know, times when the weather was terrible and some of our arts evangelica families opened their homes. Mm -hmm. And I was so concerned Rachel, you know, for Emma, I wanted them to have the best. And I said, God, I don't want them to, you know, to feel like this is a downgrade. We've had to give up our bar and our mirrors and, you know, and our floor. Well, we had our dance floor. We, we set up everything very professionally, but it was in someone's, you know, garage and it was out on their patio, but two amazing families with, with a beautiful like fire pit and a fountain feature and sitting areas, you know, these were nice homes, but even so the girls, they loved it anyway. And I really saw that, you know, God was their mirror Mm -hmm. and they were holding on to him and not the bar. And he was, and is the foundation under them. Mm -hmm. And so they were able that Lord's army, that they've grown up, Emma, she just such a trooper. And I mean, she can stay on schedule with, you know, all of the challenges that we've had. And I just love that she is such a a regimented person, but that she loves that we do follow the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, we just teach that he has to be number one. And she's been a great example of that. But I tell you, our day to day is not what it was. And we're still trying to offer excellence um, amidst all of the challenges. And Zoom has been something I wanted. I didn't want to like Zoom, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I I was, oh my goodness. I was, Lord, I'm not going to like it. I was really defiant. Mm-hmm. And the girls and I have forgotten that we're not in the room together. You know, by his spirit, it's just, it's actually helped us to be very focused on each student. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of our students have flourished because of zoom. So I've been converted. And uh, I mean, your podcast is an example of it, but you know, dance is such a physical thing, a face to face. And, and I just, I am an advocate now of the digital age. Yeah. I I wouldn't replace that, but it is a, it is a good second. Yes. If you do it right. Exactly. A good tool for sure. And I would be curious to hear Emma, what was you know, really this past year and a half, it has been a total shift and, you know, so different than what we're used to. So kind of from your perspective as a student and a student teacher, you know, what has this past year and a half been like for you? Well, there was a a long time where we didn't hold classes, like the beginning of COVID, we just didn't have any classes at all. So at that time I felt very alone because I was just in my kitchen doing classes I found on YouTube. So like getting to be with people. And then when we came back, all of the girls my age that were like graduating seniors, they hadn't really kept up with dance. So like I was the only one who continued my training through the pandemic. So that felt alone a bit because I was the only one who's motivated as very much. Um, But I loved getting to teach and that was really exciting because they were all very 
passionate about dancing and wanted to be really good. And I didn't mind, you know, it was, I feel like it helped me grow to have the crazy circumstances and it change all the time. Cause I got to learn to switch what we were doing and give a class, even though it was not what I planned for. Mm, that's such a huge skill to learn. And I think all of us felt that this year, that stretch of kind of increasing our capacity for what we could handle, you know, and I even think back to, so I'm a dance team director in a high school now, and I did grow up majority of my training was ballet growing up. And then in high school, I did both ballet and dance team. And so I was kind of, I look back and I have no idea how I did that with the schedule, but (laughs) it was fun. (laughs) And then, you know, college was very, you know, ballet and modern kind of balanced focus and Anyway, now I'm back in the dance team world, getting to direct and teach. And yeah, it's just been, like you said, very, you know, pivot here, pivot there, different changes happening and having to be very flexible. And I, I've been telling my students, I've probably said this a lot on the podcast too, but just open hands, you know, that we're going to hold everything with open hands and see, you know, what happens. And I think I used to be much more regimented in a sense, you know, rules and, you know attendance and all of the things. And not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I think it did stretch me to become more flexible too. So that's a great thing to kind of take out of it. And that's going to serve you so well in the future, you know, whatever you're doing, but especially if you're teaching dance and being able to, to kind of switch at a moment's notice and that kind of thing. I do think it's, you know, it, it takes a lot of pressure to make the diamond. And I think, you know, we're training these girls for great exploits to take dance before the nations And, you know, Emma has had so many challenges that we just look as opportunities. And I always tell this story. We were in the Philippines and we, in order to take dance to the children up in the remote mountain villages, we had to take all of our stuff and get on a motorcycle that's only supposed to have one person, but it was two or three. And Emma is behind me and she's not ever done this before. We've got all of our stuff. We're going to have to go straight up. And she closes her eyes and I see her in the rear view mirror. And I'm like, Emma, it's beautiful. Open your eyes. And it was so precious because she did eventually open her eyes, but she's just ready for anything. And I hope that's the one thing that I've given her at Arts Evangelica. That is awesome. I know, Lisa, one of the things that's a huge part of your heart is worship as a lifestyle. And so I'm kind of curious just to hear more from you on what does that look like? You know, what does that look like to, to just make worship your lifestyle? To just see God in absolutely everything. I mean, we wake up in the morning and he has restored us, you know, as we've slept. And, you know, even with the pandemic, I mean, with all of the political and the racial unrest and, you know, the coronavirus taking countless lives, we still have salvation. And a worship lifestyle sustains you in that you can be thankful in every circumstance because you know that there is a, you know, a bigger picture and, and you know that he is, he is still in control. And, you know, in this life, he said we would have trouble and a worship lifestyle. I mean, I just wake up and I get my coffee and I just sit with him. Mm-hmm. And my posture is always that he is with me. You know, he says in his word that he'll be with us wherever we go. And he's going to be with you, Emma, you know, in the times when you feel, you know, everything's new at school, he'll be the one constant. So, you know, with my family, everywhere we go, we chase the sunset and we say, oh, look at that beautiful sunset. God's splendor. Thank you. That's beautiful, God. You know, the, the fall colors in North Carolina, my little, my little yeah. lambs, we say, I'm a tree and he loves me. And they'll look Aww. at their arms and they go, Mrs. Kid, that's why we reach up with our limbs. <laughs> you know, and it's just, we just, we see him in everything and we celebrate everything that he does because I mean, in him, we live, we move, we have our being and everything that is made is because of him. So mm-hmm. to celebrate, you know, it makes moments more precious it makes family time, you know, priceless. He's a model for everything. And, you know, to bring, we want to be representatives, our dance company, they are ambassadors and they're ambassadors to represent heaven on earth. 
because, you know, that is what we are to do, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. And so I just train them to, to just find him because he's, he's the reason we have everything and he's the reason we are everything that we are and we get to be that forever. So that's, mm-hmm. I guess that's my answer. It's a great one. Worship as a lifestyle. Yeah, that's so good. And such a great description of what that looks like in our lives. And I think something that's really special with Arts Evangelica, and I love, you know, there's different organizations around the world that are have a similar heart to this as well in just helping people to know God in a creative way. How have you seen, I guess, that connection of worship and, you know, artistic expression, whether that's through dance or music, visual art even, or, you know, theater, how have you seen that impact people, kind of that connection of learning who God is and that creative element? The curriculum that the Lord helped us to write for Arts Evangelica really gives them precepts and scriptural knots to hang on to in life. Um, we actually have a t-shirt every year mm-hmm. and God will highlight a scripture and he'll highlight a symbol to help us remember like every man is in Christ. He's a new creation. There'll be a butterfly on the t-shirt that year. Yeah. So the first thing that they learn is to draw near to God. So we might have third position, but mm-hmm. it's lifted. We turn it up. Our third position is lifted up. So some of the port de bras are up, but we've also created positions. Receiving is blessing, every spiritual blessing um, on point. They're on their toes, reaching up, worship him in spirit and in truth. So all mm-hmm. these scriptures are coming to life. They put on the full armor in every class with fourth position, on avant, on bas, on avant, on haut, and then mm-hmm. they pray for the whole earth. They reach across and we do these positions. Yes, we do the five positions, but we also have prophetic positions and positions that are um, based on scriptures. So we are literally a living love letter. We're dancing the word, whether people know it or not. And we use these movements, even in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. we have a movement under his wing from Psalm 91. So when we have a dance today, when we were in the park, We had that movement under his wing in the piece that we did. So that scripture, you know, it's living and it goes forth and it cannot return void. I actually sometimes take a whole passage. Emma, you've had to do this, right? And I will say, take this passage of scripture and I want you to make it your own through movement. Mm. And then we take that and we insert it into a beautiful piece of choreography and we reclaim you know, ballets for God's glory, like Cinderella. The story is different. Jesus is her hero and he helped her to find her soulmate and sent her to the ball on the wings of angels. I mean, and, you know, he took the pieces of a broken life and made something beautiful. And so we have these movements and these stories. So the story comes to life in a new way. So all the classic ballets we've reclaimed on the big stages but there are hidden scriptures in the movement, even to the dance and the choreography. So when we go to the elderly homes or the orphanages or the refugee camps, and we are dancing, that scripture is being sent out. We're the Bible. We are their Bible. So that's why we call it a living love letter. So we're writing that not with pen and ink, but Mm -hmm. on human hearts by the spirit of the living God. So that's, that's my answer. And so I know all these answers are so long, Bless no, your heart. Okay. you're going to have to edit this so much. <laughs> no, it's so good. I love that. Emma can tell you, I don't ever answer with a concise response. <laughs> That's okay. That's what this is all about. It's so good. So Emma, have you seen any, um, you know, anything stand out to you as how kind of the arts and worship have impacted people in your experience? I think that like, like Lisa was saying, art transcends language. So like if someone's preaching to you, you're not necessarily going to be open to the message. But if you see a 10 year old dancing about how she loves Jesus, it's going to soften your heart and open you up to receiving the gospel more than someone preaching at you might. So it doesn't necessarily show you the full gospel. Or like It's not like a Bible study, but it opens you up to be more inclined to hear the gospel message. 
So true. That's so good. Yes. That's so important, Emma, for you to mention that because the young children, they don't have an agenda. They're just loving him and reaching up to him. And that's beautiful. I think if she could have mentioned anything, so glad that you said that because that's one way to get through. And I've seen some hardened hearts, even some family members of our dancers melt when they Mm -hmm. see that and it changes them Mm -hmm. and they end up knowing, you know, the salvation of Jesus. So yeah, really good, Emma. That is great. Yeah. So one thing that I like to ask every person that comes on the show is, is there something that you'd like to share with other artists right now? So if you feel like there's something on your heart that you want to share today, so whoever would like to start. Emma, I'm going to let you have the floor first. (laughs) I feel like I don't have a lot to share because I I don't haven't lived a life that much, but something I've been thinking about recently is um, focusing on God. Like if you if you live your life for yourself, then you will be empty. Like if you try to do everything for your own glory, especially as dancers, like we do everything for our own glory and like you're on a stage and it's all about you. And if you do it that way, then life is very empty. But if you focus on God and make your life for him, then your dance has a greater meaning beyond yourself. It has a purpose that is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. That was so good. How about you, Lisa? I want to encourage dancers who've suffered injury because, Mm. like I said, with all of the physical challenges that I was born with, I was still able to dance professionally because, you know, with man, it seems impossible, but I always set my arms akimbo and, and go to the great physician when the doctor says, oh, this is bad. And I say, what do you say, God? And he has helped me to transcend with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And I didn't mention, Rachel, with the rib cage reconstruction that they did, they actually didn't leave me enough room for my lungs to develop. And I didn't, I never knew. I mean, I danced professionally. I never knew it was an issue until we began to travel internationally. And with the different climates, I had struggled. I got into trouble once our plane was fumigated. And once there was a big fire at an orphanage where we were at, and I found Mm. out that my tiny little lungs were really not capable of supporting a a professional dance life. And I Mm. discovered, oh my goodness, I'm really walking out the word. And it was daunting when I found this out. Yes, fear rose up, but The Lord gave me the scripture that I would be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose leaves would stay green and I wouldn't have to fear when there was a drought and I would never cease from bearing fruit. And when I went to the specialist about my breathing because of the episode I had on one of our mission trips, the doctor said, Lisa, let me show you a picture of your lungs. Now look at this. The lungs look kind of like a tree and you know, your bronchioles are blocked. You really are suffocating. That's a hard thing to hear. And he said, but you know, I can't explain this part. Your alveoles, which are all the ends here are Uh green. And so he really spoke the scripture without even realizing what he was doing. My ankle was severed off my leg, severed. I mean, not on the end anymore. My foot's, you know, seven pins, two screws and a plate. And, you know, the doctor said, you won't, you'll be walking. Yeah, you'll be jogging, but I don't think we'll be getting you to dance again. And my husband, Grady, can tell you, we were in a show that was televised. And my pastor said, Lisa, I want you to dance in front of the tomb. I want you to, to take the lead part. You're going to run down the aisle, leap across the tomb, and you're going to make the announcement with your instrument that he has risen. And I said, uh, Pastor Bill, uh, my ankle, my ankle. And he said, I'm just being obedient to what the Lord said. So I've learned to make God, to ask God, sorry, (laughs) to ask God to tell me three times so that I know it's not me. And Mm -hmm. I had three different groups of people come up to me and confirm that I was to dance and also that I was to take the hardware out of my ankle. 
And I believe I'm supposed to share this for someone because the doctor said my ankle would collapse if the hardware was removed. But I heard clearly, I've learned with a lifestyle of worship, you learn to listen to God and you know, when you've heard from him, you know, his voice. Mm -hmm. And so I had them take it out and I was so, you know, in my flesh, I was afraid. I was so afraid. I put my foot in the sink with ice. This was just like six weeks out of surgery. And, you know, I had been rehabilitating myself through the ballet. I'd been training, you know, doing my own therapy, no hardware in my ankle. I put it in the sink on ice. And then I went to the back of the auditorium where I was supposed to run and leap. Now I I did take care of my instrument. Don't think I came out of surgery into, you know, the performance straight into that. Yeah. (laughs) There was a period of six weeks of really praying through that and doing some intense, you know, physical therapy, but the wall was in the back. It was a circular sanctuary. We were on TV and I was so terrified that I had done the wrong thing. Did I hear from God? Am I crazy to have had them take the hardware out? And he had Mm. given me the scripture, perfect love casteth out all fear. And I leaned on the wall in the back of the sanctuary, like I was leaning on the father's chest. And he said, it doesn't have to be this hard. I've told you to go, trust me. I just Mm. heard that audible voice, but I'm on camera, you know, and you're not supposed to, you know, speak or ad lib, but the only way I could run down that aisle and leap across in front of the tomb was to scream perfect love casteth out all fear and I leaped and my husband was being he was Gabriel he had the angel part of Gabriel he was up with a hundred people in the choir and they saw me fly and one of my students who was a painter she painted me flying across the tomb. I don't really remember anything after that. I didn't do any of the choreography. I laughed, I cried, and they said I did this beautiful choreography. I have no idea. It was just a heavenly moment Uh of sheer, you know, it was a leap of faith, truly. Yeah. I know that's cliche, but but literally in that moment. Yeah. (laughs) It was. And that's where that term came from. And I just want to encourage dancers who may have been injured who may have some, you know, challenge that you think it's all over. It's not over with, you know, that's what man says with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Just seek him with all your heart and you'll find him. And if he tells you, you can, you can. Mm. So I really wanted to share that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity Yes. And you can take your family and have a ministry with your family. That doesn't mean my sons have grown up in the ministry. My um, Liston, he's our youngest. He writes original music and scores for many musicals that we do in outreaches. My oldest, Gray, married one of my dancers. She's creating the company now at a professional level. And my husband and I have been side by side. Yes, he works a normal job but God's provided for us. Mm -hmm. So you can also, another thing I wanted to say is you can do ministry full-time with your family. He's provided for us in amazingly creative ways. Mm -hmm. He's always been faithful and I've never had to separate from my creative family, my artistically talented, gifted by God family to do what I love. I've done it with the people that I love and and with my ministry family and beautiful daughters. I prayed for a little girl and God gave me two boys and hundreds of little girls like Emma Noble, you know, thousands. And I couldn't, you know, he answered my prayer in a, a way, you know, far greater than I could have ever asked, imagined, or thought. Yeah. Such a beautiful word. Thank you for sharing that and both of those thoughts for sure. So this is kind of a fun, just a fun question to wrap us up, but I like to ask, what is one of your favorite things right now? Emma, you go. What's your favorite thing right now? My boyfriend brought me a unicorn stuffed animal that is soft and fluffy. I get Priscilla and I love it so much. That's so sweet. Oh, I love it. Was this, was this recently? Is this to take to college so you can hug it? 
Yes, it matches my bedding that I'm taking college. Oh, so cute. I love it. How about you, Lisa? I have two adorable grandboys and just um, Art Evangelica with, with the arts. It's also about passion for Jesus, wonder, and adventure, and um, just getting to see the world again and to relive having my boys be little. Yeah. You know, they grow up so fast. Like Emma's already going off to college, one of my dance daughters, and my sons are adults. But um, my favorite thing right now is having time to relive some moments with my grandsons. I love that so much. Yeah, it's fun seeing the world through through children's eyes. (laughs) So cool. Thank y'all both so much for taking the time to do this. And I would love to let people know where they can find out more about Arts Evangelica and kind of just see more about your ministry and what you're doing there. So what's the best way to find that? We are going to be launching some new platforms, but right now Facebook is the best place to find us. And I would love for people to look up, you know, Arts Evangelica at the Garden Tomb and Arts Evangelica Wash Over Me, our YouTube channel. Um, We'll be adding to that now that my daughter-in-law, Karen, is going to be utilizing that platform more and and social media. That's her thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. Arts Evangelica will be, you'll be able to connect with us in even more ways in the future. So, but right now, Facebook. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I will definitely link to that in the show notes. And again, just thank you both for taking time to share your hearts and your stories. And this has been just truly a joy to get to be with you guys today. That was so much fun getting to know both Emma and Lisa. And I hope that you leave feeling inspired to pursue the calling that you have on your life. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Next week, I'll be posting a little bonus portion of our conversation on Patreon. So if you haven't checked out Patreon yet, definitely take a few minutes. You can go to the website, creativeimpactpodcast.com, and click on Patreon on the menu. You'll get to see a little preview of all of the bonus content that's available to patrons. For about the price of one coffee a month, You can enjoy more behind the scenes and additional content from so many of our guests on the show. As a reminder, during the school year, every other week, I'll air a new episode. And then on the weeks in between, the bonus content will go live on Patreon. Thank you to those who are already part of the Patreon community. You guys are amazing. And to everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Share the show with someone you think might be encouraged by today's episode, and I'll see you with a new conversation in just a couple of weeks.